Yo, what's good? I'm Josh So Focused. I'm French the Bro host and we black the up. So the next take, the next take, the 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 then go to YouTube and search Nixtake Videos. If you rather follow on Instagram, you'll find us at the Nixtake. Last, you can check us out on Facebook at Nixtake Media. What is good, y'all? We are back for season three of the Nixtake podcast. We have been on hiatus for a little bit. We told y'all we were going to do some things that we did not do. But that's okay because you know what? It lines us up. Episode 50, season three lines up together. It, it, it actually worked out, you know, a little bit better than we expected. But, you know, without further ado, French, how have you been, sir? I've been on... A nice little vacation that I, I took off work the last two weeks. I go back in tomorrow, unfortunately, but I'm just getting back from Costa Rica. You might be seeing on YouTube if you're watching. I got a little sunburn, but we're not going to pay that. No, we're going to be focused on the Knicks today. Go getting into uh, the draft, draft lottery. A lot to catch up on in the last few months. It's been a month, right? We've been going for a little minute. How you, how you been for this last month? It's the real question. Well, I did a lot. Took my kids to the Mohawk Preserve, let them enjoy some nature. I took them to Legoland. I've been, you know, taking some days off here and there, you know, trying to, you know, get my situation right. Outside of that, I just working, more work and getting ready for more Knicks related news, media, uh, and stuff. This <laughs> stuff to get to, to bang my head up against the wall, which the first thing, which we were originally going to talk about when it originally happened was the draft lottery where the Knicks, we were all hoping with that small percentage chance, maybe the, the basketball gods would be on our side. And have us move up from 11 to one of those top four spots so that we could get at the guy, Jaden Ivey. That did not happen. Knicks remained at 11. Then other things in this draft actually, they were quite surprising. Sacramento moved up from the seventh spot to fourth in the lottery. Detroit moved down from the third spot all the way to fifth, surprisingly. We had OKC, who was slotted for four. They moved up to two. Orlando moved up from two to one. And Houston moved down from being the number one 
pick in the lottery down to number three. So the new draft positions ended up being number one, Orlando Magic, number two, Oklahoma City Thunder, number three, Houston Rockets, number four, Sacramento Kings, number five, Pistons, six, Pacers, seven, Blazers, and everybody else remained exactly where they were. And the Houston draft prospect that they ended up picking up went a lot like their lottery did. He was projected to go first and ended up falling to three. So, hey, Houston got the guy they wanted regardless. They hey. probably wanted Paolo a little more, but they got a they got a, a good number one option at, at, at three. But we're going to get into that after we get into the Knicks hires, which took place before the draft. And the Knicks hired Tim Hardaway Sr., Tim Hardaway Sr. wasn't even announced as a hire when when the news came out. It was just they saw the the, the reporters saw him at a scouting event and they realized that he was working for the Knicks as a talent evaluator is, is the title that they gave him. But I guess because he has Miami ties, the Knicks ain't want to announce that in, in fear of like Knicks fans not willing to accept him or something. I don't know. It was just weird that it wasn't accepted. I, I want to point that out. The Knicks also hired Vince Baldwin, who as a scout, um, what do you know about Vince Baldwin? I, I know he's like a, a, a Nike exec talent evaluator, and the, it looks like we hired him as a scout. Do you, you, you know anything about Vince Baldwin? All I know is that he's another one of those guys that you know, come with you know, a decent reputation. One of those guys that Leon Rose has access to from his previous dealings as an agent, you know. And uh, that's all I really know, know. All I really cared to really find out. I wasn't, you know, scouts are not, you know, they're important. It's great to have a good scout, good scouts on your team so that you are not accidentally picking guys that, are not going to be in the league in a year. Missing or missing out on guys who are going to be stars right. in the league. Right. So, you know, him and Tim Hardaway, two, two decent pickups. You know, Tim Hardaway, the former basketball player for the Miami Heat, who clashed with the New York Knicks in the 90s, in the late 90s. You know, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Both both guys were seen at the Chicago Draft Combine. Baldwin was proudly wearing the Knicks logo. And like I was saying, Hardaway, the Knicks ain't want to announce him. He ain't been seen in no Knicks gear. He's just wearing a little Knicks pin with where his name and his his title. But don't matter. As long as he's getting the job done, we ain't really paying that too, too much mind. He was a, he he had said back when his son Tim Hardaway Jr. was a Nick. He he said he was never gonna you, you would never be caught dead in a Knicks hat. So yeah, it, the it, the feelings are still the same. Even though he will he will be working for the Knicks, he's not gonna be wearing a Knicks hat or anything like that. So, and it looks like we signed the new coach for the G League as well. I don't know how to say his name, but I'm gonna attempt to say it. The Zagana Diop. That sounds pretty good, right? Signed him to to be the new G League head coach up in Westchester. The signing creates some intrigue as Diop was most formerly known as an assistant coach with the Houston Rockets. He was an assistant 
in Utah for the Jazz from 2016 to 2020 to 2020. And at Utah, he worked with, or I should say under current Knicks assistant coach, Johnny Bryant. And he also coached Donovan Mitchell, who's a Knicks trade target. So the connections can keep connecting with the, with the, with the hires and the Knicks targets. So we might as well just go straight into the draft because the connections don't stop there. Draft night came. There was a lot of rumors about us trying to create cap space for free agency. And let, I'm going to let you talk to me about draft. How did, how did the recap of the draft go? So in the interest of starting things off, you know, non-confusingly, we're just going to, I'm just going to list the first 10 picks, right? Because learning these picks, there was a lot of confusion, especially for Knicks fans. So, number one, the Orlando, Orlando Magic came in and drafted Paolo Ban Bancaro, who was a surprise to most of us because leading into this draft, all we kept hearing was Magic are going to take Smith. Magic's taking Jabari. Magic's taking Jabari. And then three minutes before the draft started, it was, actually, they might take Paolo. And then they, sure enough, they did take Paolo. Number two, the Oklahoma City Thunder took Chet Holmgren, which is not a surprise. Number three, Houston Rockets and it's ended up taking Jabari Smith, who we believe is who they wanted all along and were hopeful that they would get all along. Number four, the Sacramento Kings decided to pass on Jaden Ivey and ended up taking Keegan Murray. Which is a shocker because nobody had Keegan Murray as the number four pick. And well, we all knew it was a possibility. Yeah. We knew it was a possibility that the Kings would take him, but nobody really thought that they would. But here we are uh, again because the Kings are known to pass up on superstar and star talent for somebody else. Who is not as good. And so we know like during the draft that, and even before the draft, the Knicks were talking with Sacramento about this pick and we were aggressively trying to trade for this pick and to see that now after the draft is over, they kept this pick and drafted Keegan Murray. It makes you wonder like what were the options that they had for this pick? Because from what I understand, the Kings didn't see many of these prospects in the lottery in person. Jaden Ivey didn't want to go and see them one-on-one. -on -one. They didn't talk. They didn't have any communication. I don't think anyone in the top three talked to Sacramento. They were rumored to be trading this pick from the minute the lottery happened. So it seemed like... Well, this guy averaged 25 points. He's got to be good, right? He's a versatile, all-around, big wing player. So let's just draft him and hope for the best. I'm like, if you could wanted a power forward, the Knicks have a power forward who's all-NBA and uh, all-star caliber. And you would hope that Keegan Murray could bring some type of production to that level. And I'm not saying that Julius Randle's better than him, but I'm pretty sure Sacramento had much better options on the tape than to just 
settle for keeping like this is yeah i don't know if it's settled but it seems like there's going to be a lot of expectations on keegan murray for being a top five pick that he might not be ready to to handle i don't know i don't see the star potential in keegan murray i don't see the top five potential in it if i was going to draft keegan murray i think it would be like seven eight I don't even think it's about being top five, right? You could you anybody who was picked at five, I'm sure they would escape that. Well, I don't know if he's top five thing because, as far as everyone was con- was concerned, this is a four man draft, maybe five, depending on how you feel about Shade and Sharp. But as, as you know, I'll keep going down the list. Pistons take Jaden Ivey at at five. The Indiana Pacers take Benedict Matherin. And then the Portland Trailblazers ended up taking Shaden Sharp. So unless the Pistons were going to take Shaden Sharp, if the Kings took Ivy, you know, that uh, he probably would have gone down to the Blazers anyway. So, you know, I, I, the whole five-man thing, that's not a big thing. It's the fact that he went before Jaden Ivey, who was definitely one of the top four players in this draft. That is what's going to be the problem because, once again, he's that's who he's going to be compared to, and all the Kings guys, are, all everybody on the Kings organization, they're going to be looked at, and they, people are going to say, "You took this guy over Jaden Ivey? Why?" So, there you go. Look at the that's that's they don't have to stay in front of us. That's the problem that's going to happen moving forward. After the Blazers selected Sharp, the Pelicans took Dyson Daniels. The San Antonio Spurs took Jeremy Sohan. And the Washington Wizards took Johnny Davis. Now, just a little quick recap. The majority of the guys that I would have wanted for the Knicks to select, if, if, if they fell to 11, they're all here. Yep. They're all here. You know, uh, I I gave my little list in the last solo podcast that I had. Everybody here was in my top 10 except for Jeremy Sohan. The only guy who was not here fell significantly further than that. That was A.J. Griffin. So, now that we've gotten that out of the way, French... You already talked about how aggressively the Knicks were trying to trade up with the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, there was no trades. There was a lot of talk about moving up with Sacramento, but there was no trades. Everyone in the the top 10 stayed with their picks up until the Knicks came and it was was our turn to draft. Knicks fans, we were looking at Twitter, refreshing like crazy. Waiting to see if Wolves or Shams is going to announce a, a trade between Detroit because we there was rumors between several several reporters saying that the Knicks and Detroit were remaining in contact regarding J, Jaden Ivey because Detroit was interested in Jalen Duran. So when the Knicks pick came, Adam Silver announced Usman Jiang was drafted by the Knicks and then we got a report saying that the Knicks traded this pick to Oklahoma City for three first round picks this is the first trade of the night and 
it's it, it's not the last trade, and this confused a lot of people on draft night. So I'm going to try to elaborate and specify what what transpired on draft night in the most simple way possible. So, like I said, the 11th pick was traded to Oklahoma City for three first round picks. All three of those first round picks are for 2023. They're all lottery protected, and they belong to Denver, Detroit, and Washington. Then the next trade that was announced was that the Knicks would trade the Denver first round pick that they just acquired in that in that trade with OKC. They're going to trade that pick away along with four second round picks for the Hornets 13th pick in the draft, which they used to select Jalen Duran. And then they traded Jalen Duran with Kemba Walker to Detroit for the Milwaukee 23 first round pick. And a lot of people were confused about this, saying that we basically had to trade a first-round pick with Kemba to salary dump for cap space. That's not really accurate because we basically traded a first-round pick with Kemba Walker for a first-round pick. So, yeah, James and Duran is in Detroit. We didn't end up with Ivy. There was a lot of disappointment because I know when that trade was announced, it's like, wait, we, that, this is all we're getting, the first round pick. We're not getting Ivy. And it, it seemed like there was a lot of hype on draft night that was just deflated. It, the, the balloon, just all the air went out when this trade was, was announced. And I guess it took the excitement out of Nick's Twitter because it seemed like everyone was depressed. I personally was just let down because I really wanted Ivy. But... When you look at this trade, it's just like if you don't, if you're not able to get the guy that you really want in this draft, you're not gonna use a a a, a lottery pick to on a on an upside swing when you have guys in the rotation who deserve, or not even guys in the rotation, guys on the roster who deserve to be a part of the rotation who have been working like a Mouse Bride, guys like Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish. Guys that we previously drafted last season or the season before, like a Rokas Jokubaitis, these guys are going to come over and they're going to need minutes to play too. So if you're going to draft someone, you want it to be someone that you really want to see on this team. I don't know if there was a guy after the top 10, like you said, who was a clear cut option. AJ Griffin was available, but he ended up falling way out of 11. So it makes me question what other concerns there were outside of just basketball fit. I, it, it, there wasn't just many options. I don't know if we're going to regret trading away Usman Jang. I, I don't know too much about him personally, but I don't see the fit with him on this team anyway. So, yeah, just to sum it up, we basically traded away Kemble Walker, four second-round picks, and the 11th pick, and we got three first, future first-round picks in return. So after all this was done, we basically traded out of the first round entirely. So to get to the second round, we ended up keeping our, 40 our, our 42nd pick or our second-round pick, which was number 42, and we drafted Duke guard Trevor Keels. I didn't know much about this guy. I Rarely watch college basketball like that, but when when I watch the highlights on him, it's very easy to see why the Knicks like him. He's not 
going to be a guy who's going to come into the NBA and play minutes automatically. He's going to be more of a G League prospect, I, I assume. He's 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 very solid in terms of his playmaking, his point of attack defense. He's built like a tank. He looks like a a, a more built out Miles McBride. I I I see the intensity in in, in his play. I think Tom Thibodeau was gonna like his, his kind of play, and he's only 18 years old. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Knicks can do with him throughout the years. I don't know if we're gonna see much of him this season. We're gonna only probably see him mostly in the summer league coming up, along with the other two guys that we picked up after the draft. But we're gonna speak about them later. What was your reactions to our just our draft night? Before I speak on that, I just wanted to correct one thing you said. The uh, Knicks received Milwaukee's 2025 first round pick, which is protected. Top, top four protected. I said 23. So, yeah. That's the, that's the only thing that I, that I had to correct you on. So lots of thoughts, <laughs> lots of thoughts. Maybe. Had an idea that day that maybe we should try and link up, maybe do some recording while the draft was happening. And I said, mm, no, I think I'm going to go out to a bar and watch it if I can and follow it from there. Went out to the bar. Their TV was frozen. Couldn't watch it on the screen. I ended up pulling out my phone, trying to watch it on my screen, decided Everything's dropping on Twitter first anyway, so I'm just going to follow Twitter. And Jesus Christ, I forgot just how stressful stressful this front office handles the NBA draft. That was one roller coaster of a ride. And uh, I plan on writing about it, actually. I plan on writing about, about the, about just the draft and, and how, uh, how Twitter has reacted to it, but how I feel like most of us should be thinking about this draft. And, uh, you know, that's that kind of hindsight that you don't get. Just like last year, we didn't get a lot of, we didn't get a lot of, with feelings about what happened on draft night and what happened with free agency until everything was all said and done and the smoke was clear. And uh, when it was all said and done, we were happy with what, with what they did. Obviously, as the season occurred, you know, it, did, it didn't turn out well, but no one can say in the moment of what happened last year that the front office did a bad job. I think the front office did what they thought was best. And they just say they played it. Well, it wasn't just playing it safe because I, w I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, throwing a team out there where Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose is your point guard rotation. I wouldn't say that that's safe, but if it works, you, you didn't handicap yourself to get to, to make it work. You know what I mean? It, it was decent deals at the time. And. Here we are a year later almost, and now we're packaging Kemba Walker in a trade 
overpaying to get rid of his contract. I don't I think it was more of a throw-in to the trade that Detroit just, we'll just buy him out. I'm not sure the specifics of how it saved us, Cap. I don't know why we couldn't just buy him out. Maybe um, if we if buy him out, we still have him on the books. Yeah. Let someone else signs him for the same money. But no, I mean, I mean it, he would still be on, he would still be a, a part of the cap if we bought him out. The only way that that would happen if somebody else signs him and, and he comes off of our cap is if that's agreed to with the buyout negotiations, which most players are not going to agree to that. So, do you, do you know the protection on that Milwaukee pick? Top four. Top four. Top, top four in top four 2025. So, that's going to convey. The, the, the Milwaukee Bucks are not going to be one of the four worst teams in the league. Or you hope. <laughs> right. Well, and maybe you I don't think. I, it's possible. I, 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 at the very, I, I don't see Giannis leaving that team by 2025 because they already won their rings and they're going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference for a little while. Even if he gets hurt, I don't, that team is still too good to fall completely out of the playoffs, I think. But you're right. Anything can happen. I don't think, I, I do think that that 2025 pick will convey. I don't know if we went over the projections for the other picks, the other two yeah. picks that the, the mix got. I'm not Yeah, but it, they were different variations in terms of the protections. I think the other two picks will convey as well. You know, I don't think that they're going to turn into second rounders. Watching this, watching that live, watching Twitter live, and watching how we all reacted to incomplete information, because everything that we did that night was incomplete. We got we got the trade that we first we heard Nick Select Usman Jane. I was like, I like Usman. Right? He's not gonna play this year, but I think that he has a potential to be a starter. If you especially with this with this development group. And while I'm texting somebody on, on while I'm tweeting somebody about Usman Jang, I next thing I read, Nick's have traded the pick to OKC for multiple first rounders. They don't tell you how many. They don't tell you if they're conditional or nothing. Just multiple first rounders. They don't tell you if it's in this draft or not. We're all, we're always, and OKC's drafting next. So OKC drafts next. They select Jalen Dern. No. No, no, no. Jalen Yes, they, so they select Jalen Williams. Who I like the lot. So we were like, oh, Nick's got Jalen Williams. Then the, then the tweet came out. That that twelve pick is not part of the next trade. Well, they got you said multiple first rounders, so they traded out. So we're still trying to figure out what pick, what first round pick did the Knicks get? And then Charlotte drafts Jalen Dern, and then Woj and Shams both tweet about it, saying 
Jalen Bennett is going to Detroit. Knicks. The Nick the Jalen is going to Detroit. And everybody's like, uh, where is he going? <laughs> this is the type of confusion that that went through the entire night. It took us about a full hour and a half before we had all of the details as far as who the Knicks were getting, who the Knicks gave up. We 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 swore up until you know uh, we swore like up until forty five minutes after the Knicks had selected that the Knicks were getting Jaden Ivey because we were sending Jalen Duran to Detroit, but we didn't know what we were getting back. And then we saw Kemba was going, it was like, okay, wait, what's going on? The The whole process was just really frustrating to watch because all you want to know is what's happening. And that is the last thing that you're getting. Every other team doesn't operate like that, but the Knicks are just, they operate in a way where they're doing, they're playing 4D chess, which is a phrase that was used multiple times. And this infuriated a lot of people. There was just so much smoke heading into draft night about Jaden Nivey. It reminded me of Obi Toppin' smoke. I'm like, right. they, they talking a lot about Obi Toppin, and he's supposed to be top five. Right. I understand he's CAA, but we, we down at eight or nine. I don't even remember. I think it was eight, right? We were eight. Like, he, all of, we, we got to trade up for Obi. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Next thing you know, he falls to eight. We draft him. I'm like, oh, shit, we got Obi. Right. Then this year, I'm like, yo, I'm not going to ignore any of the reports. I'm going to pay attention to the key reporters, Mark Berman, Ian Begley, the guys who report on the Knicks and are normally accurate. They all reporting that Jaden Ivey is the main target for the Knicks. Ian Begley reporting that even after Detroit selected Jaden Ivey, that the Knicks are still actively in, in trading talks with Detroit to get Jaden Ivey. We still get in other reports saying Detroit is going to keep Jaden Ivey. It's just like, yo, what are you doing to me right now? You keep getting my hopes up. So you're telling me there's a chance. Just to let us down to trade out of the first round. That's what basically took me my joy level out of the draft. I stopped watching. I just started following on Twitter after we Traded Jalen Duran and didn't get Jaden Ivey back. And it's just like, if this is what the, the draft is going to be in, the, or the state of the Knicks draft is going to be in for the next few years, I might just follow on Twitter because I don't got time to be sitting there listening to Kendrick Perkins and all these people who talk about these draft prospects that ain't got nothing to do with the Knicks. It's just like, bro, I don't want to hear any more reports about what speculation. With speculations, I just want to see what's getting hap what's happening in the moment of because this that that was too stressful for me personally. I've I I kind of feel differently. I am gonna I am just gonna follow on Twitter, but I think I think Twitter made it way more stressful than anything that was going on on TV. And I could be wrong, you know, I could be wrong about that, but, it, you know, everything that was reported on Twitter, you had, you were just as lost as everybody else. Even the guys were reporting 
were just like, yeah, this guy is either going here or he's going here. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, we, like they're saying, they're reporting stuff and they don't know 100% what all the details are. Right. So either got guys that are putting out half details or they're putting out details that they're not sure which way it's going. And it's like, what is, what is going on? What's happening? And it, like I said, this, this, this was the same thing last year with this front office where everybody was the last to know exactly what was happening. You know, everybody was confused as to what was happening. And I think that the only thing, I think that when it comes to the, to watching this team, this front office drafting and trading and all of that stuff, you can't, you can't go out there and shoot off the hip. We got a lot of guys talking about Leon Rose needs to be fired. Got a lot of guys that were, were just overly emotional. And even the day after, I felt like a lot of guys were trying to justify their their emotional decisions, their emotional feelings from the day before. But if you take a step back, the Knicks turned their first round pick at number 11 into three first round picks. And all it cost them was Kemba Walker and some seconds. Like, I don't... I understand that those first round picks are conditional. I understand that there's protections on them. A protected first round pick is worth way more than a second round pick. That one of those picks are way more worth way more than all of those picks combined. So the fact that the Knicks got three and most likely two of them are going to convey, if not all three, you, you, you can't, you can't be upset at that. You know, I see a lot of guys upset that the Knicks didn't just draft somebody at 11 and get a, a starter and all of that stuff. And I think you said this earlier, French. We got too many guys. We got too many young guys already as it is. Yeah. Right. I was about to say, it doesn't even matter if they come base. They, these are chip, trade chips. We're not right. keeping these picks. We're going to be trading them away in a package, most likely. We got, we got but we have to draft in 2025. Unless we get rid of every single veteran on this team, we already got guys that are not going to play. We we already got guys that are not going to play. I I wrote out the lineups as they currently are, right? Now that we've gotten rid of Kemba Walker. And say we get rid of Alec Burks to free up room for... Jail for 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 Brunson. If Brunson's on this team, you still is Cam Reddish going to play? Right? <laughs> is Derek Rose going to play? And I think he will, but he may not start. He might not start off the year playing. They may, may we might bring those in the well into the year to try to get his 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 value back up so that we could trade him. We we're we're gonna get we're gonna get him. Listen, there gotta be some trades coming. This is what I think the Knicks are gonna do. I think the Knicks because you know getting rid of that that first round pick, the number eleven pick, 
and get rid of Kit Walker freed up $16 million worth of cap space. Right? They, they just need $9 million more. So that means they could either trade Nerlens Noel or they could trade Alec Burks. And that will get them to 25 mil. And that will be enough for them to offer Brunson four years, $100 million. That, I, I think they're going to get rid of Burks because I think he's the easier piece. I think they're going to, they also have to waive Taj Gibson. Does that mean Taj Gibson won't be back? I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll bring him back. But assuming they don't, you get rid of Taj, you get rid of Kemba, you get, you get rid of Alec Burks, and you still cannot guarantee me that Deuce McBride and Cam Reddish are going to get minutes. You can't. Because you're going to have Brunson at, at point guard. You're going to have Fournier at the two. You're going to have RJ at the three. You still, Randall is probably still going to be here at the four. Unfortunately, Mitch is looking like he's coming back. We're going to resign him. He's going to be at the five. Maybe we get rid of Derrick Rose. I don't think so. He'll be a backup one. Quickly will be backup two. Grimes will be backup three. Obi will be backup four. And then your pick of Sims and Maryland's Noel. Deuce and, and, and Cam Reddish are not are not going to be in the rotation. And you want to pick, a, you want to have another draft pick? Come on now. Like, unless we trade some more people, more trade than just works. We could do that. We could do that. But I don't think that the Knicks are going to just trade people just to trade them. Hey, right. I think that they're going to give up Alec Burks because I think Alec Burks I think somebody's going to want him, right? He played, he played the whole year. Yeah. He had a surgery, which we didn't talk about. He had a surgery after, after the season was over that got reported a little late. And I don't know if that's going to, I don't know if that's going to hurt his value, but he should be ready by training camp. His value at the end of the day is still higher than everybody else's. Derek Rose missed, missed way too much time. No, there's no way. Looked like a shell of himself, right? Taj Gibson is, is how old is, is he? Is he 40 yet? He's pushing 40, I'm sure, right? Like, who else has this trade value that, that you're going to get up off their contract? Maybe Evan Fournier, but again, I don't think Evan Fournier, I don't even think his contract is as movable as Alec Burks is because Alex Burks only makes 10 million next year. So, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Knicks did a damn good job in parlaying that number 11 pick into multiple picks, multiple assets for the future. If they want to make a trade, if they want to make trades, if they want to package guys, whatever they want to do. I think that when you look at that Kemba Walker deal by itself, yeah, it's a bad, it is a bad trade by itself because it took a first rounder and four second rounders to offload $9 million. That's why I think that the Knicks overpaid to get rid of him. But the pick wasn't theirs to begin with. And they got a pick back for it. So and the pick, the, the first round pick is a wash at the end of the day. And you got rid of seconds. Eh. 
You cleared up your room to get Brunson or somebody else. Who knows? Who knows who's going to be a free agent in a few days? Because the free agency is next week. Pretty sure, right? Who knows? Who knows who's going to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to test this free agency market. Let me see what New York's talking about. And New York can clear, clear up space to get a to get a name. Whether whether we should or not, won't know until next week. But we won't know. We won't know until a few weeks from now when we start to really know what this roster is looking like. Just like last year, just like last year when we did all these maneuvers and all this stuff, and then we ended up there. Oh snap! We got Kimbo on the cheap. All right, this this roster, I can rock with it. It's going to be the same thing this year. We just hope that it's going to work out a lot better. And we're going to hope that it's going to focus on the young guys a lot more than this past season did. Yeah, I was going to say last year, we there was a few people who came free agents that we didn't even know. And Kemba was one of them. Yep. So going into this free agency, we look like we're not going to be going straight into the free agency market. We're going to be looking to get some trades. And the trade market, who knows what you could get back. And who knows what the Knicks are talking about. I'm just hoping that we can see something that's really going to shake up the roster in a way that makes it more fluid and more open for the young guys to get an opportunity, but yet still get some better leadership so that it's not them going out there and just learning on their own. I want to bring it to us. Mentor a Quentin Grimes, someone who can mentor Deuce McBride and mentor OB Toppin and quickly, like, Guys, we're gonna help, even if it's bringing in an, another assistant coach who's a former player. I just want to see some type of movement with this roster, where Burks, Nerlens is probably gone, Randall. I want to see like some type of negotiation with Randall before the season starts. I don't want to go into it, go into another season where it just seems like, oh, we're just going to keep this guy. We're not even going to try to shop him around a little bit, see what his value is right now. Even though it's dirt cheap amongst us Knicks fans, a GM out there isn't worried about him getting booed at the garden. Like, if you want to bring him out to Indiana, you think they, well, not Indiana, and it's not really a good example, but Orlando or Oklahoma City, you're not worried about the fans booing their players and Dallas, especially Dallas Mavericks. He's from Dallas. I could see, a, I could see them being a good trade partner for for a Julius Randle. But his play style is what makes it so difficult because getting him to be incorporated into a new system where he's not the one A option. What does that even look like? And that's what most likely will hold up a trade, in my opinion. But I. I just want to see what we can get back in return. I might not be able to see that from this offseason. The, the 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 reports from the, the front office don't really get too far because they don't speak to media that often, but I feel like we have to shop Julius Randle along with these other guys just to clear up some 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 rotation minutes for the young guys. They they definitely deserve more than the veteran. I don't disagree with that. I just don't think it's going to happen in the off season. I think that, I think that the Knicks are, uh, the, I think the Knicks, 
look at Julius Randle and see value. I think they look at Nerlens Noel and see value. I think they look at, I think they look at Alec Burks and see value. I think the rest of the league looks at Alec Burks and sees value, and that's why I think he's gone. Ah, you know, as much as we want to see these young guys get minutes, we're just gonna have to be have to wait, right? We have more control over those young guys than we do over anybody else. So, as long as we continue developing and letting them get some practice on the court, that's all that's gonna matter. I kind of want to talk about this whole Jalen Brunson thing. Seeing way too many people talk about, we don't want to spend 25 million on Jalen Brunson. Excuse me? What? You want to spend 25 million on Jalen Brunson? Um, (laughs) Wait. If Dallas is willing to spend that money on him, he's worth that money. First of all, second of all, did y'all not watch the playoffs? Did y'all not see how this dude kept the Mavericks in it when Luca was out with injury? Like, not for nothing. People had the Mavs losing that series because Luca wasn't going to be in for at least two games. They didn't. Th- they were fine. They probably could have played the whole series without Luca, because Brunson was that good. I, now I don't know who else y'all had think on that Mavs team is nice. <laughs> I don't know who else y'all think could have done that. But and, hold up, but <laughs> that boy is good. And I don't know what y'all are talking about, right? This is not a max contract. See a lot of max contract. You know, quotes out there because twenty-five million is a lot of money. It is. It's a lot of money. But I think he's proven that he is a starting point guard. I think that he has proven that he's worth that money. If you were talking about thirty million, okay, yeah, that's a little too rich for my blood. It's not thirty mil. It's twenty-five. Twenty-five mil. A hundred mil for four years. I think we, I think we can be fine paying that man that, considering our point guard rotations over the past how many years, right? So that's that's one, right? No, a lot of people talking about. Nah, don't sign Brunson. Use those picks and get Dejounte Murray. Okay, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at that, right? But I don't think we, I don't, I don't think you guys are willing to part with what we need to part with to get DeJounte Murray. And I think when he shows up and he's shooting three pointers at a really, really bad clip and he's clogging up the paint next to RJ and Julius Randle, I don't think that y'all are going to like that the way that looks too much. DeJounte Murray is a guy that you get once you know, all right. We got guys around him who could sh- who could shoot. We got guys around him that could play off of him. This, this team is not structured for Dejounte Murray. Would I still would I still want him on this team? Yeah, if we get rid of Julius Randle, because I think that I think that him and Brunson 
you know, I don't think either one of them should play next to Julius, but DeJounte definitely cannot play next to Julius. I think, I think Brunson can at least make it look good for a little bit. I, I think it's going to look like trash from the jump with RJ and Julius Randle out there. Your thoughts on DeJounte? I like DeJounte Murray a lot, but like exactly what you're saying, I don't think with the pieces that we have on this team, it makes sense to make a trade like that unless you feel like he's going to fit seamlessly onto the roster from day one. And when you make trades like that, that can mess up with the chemistry of the team, especially when you trade for a lead guard. I don't think that's great for continuity purposes. I don't think that's great for team building purposes for the long run. I understand you want to get best player available onto your team and just make it work from there. But you could also be stalling the process of what you're building by just bringing in guys just for talent purposes as well. I think if you bring in a point guard who's going to be productive to your young core, like a Jalen Brunson, because he's been playing in a system where he's had to defer to greater players and he's still able to score efficiently, still able to display playmaking and still able. He's not the best defender, but he could play within the team defense so much so that his team just got to the conference finals with him being the starter. And the only other player that you could say was better than him was Luka Doncic. He's the second best player on that Dallas Tadis Mavericks team that made it to the conference final. So I think that says a lot in itself. I think DeJounte Murray's a really good player, but he's an all-star. Yeah, he's an all-star, but he's also going to be looking to get paid after you trade the house for him. And if you're going to be dedicating years toward a player like DeJounte Murray, I feel like it has to be in the place where the system is already set up for him to succeed. Yeah, if you told me that this 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 season our starting lineup would be Dejounte Murray, R.J. Barrett, either Emmanuel Quickly or Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, Jericho Sims, that would be our starting lineup. Be, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But I don't think that you can do that. And get DeJounte Murray. I don't think you could do that. I don't think you could say that, that that's going to be our, our reputation. And all of those guys are there. I don't think they're going to just... I don't think they're going to take Cam Reddish and four, four first-round picks. I, I don't think they're going to do that. But... Is there a know, report that says they only want three? If they only want... I mean, we have, we have three on top of... We have 11 first-rounders over the next seven years. And 11 second-rounders. Yeah. Over the next seven years. So, we could do that. But, I I just think that you, you're going to have an easier time building your team by just using cap space and keeping all those assets for trade as opposed to using your assets to bring him in and then have to use your cap to re-sign him. I don't think that's good long, long-term long planning. Speaking of good long-term planning, who would have thought when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving decided to bring their talents to Brooklyn, 
that we would be looking at them now and laughing, looking at the Brooklyn Nets and laughing because my God, has this gone poorly? Would it have gone poorly if COVID never existed? That's a little more of a discussion, right? You can't ever predict stuff like that. You can't predict any of these mask mandates, these, these vaccine mandates, the mask mandates. You can't predict any of that stuff when you're signing to a team, right? But you can predict the type of person that Kyrie Irving is going to be. He's the guy that he's been throughout his career. It's just been exacerbated during this time, this COVID, COVID time. And it's looking like he was on the way out. And allegedly, one of the destinations that he would not be mind traded, being traded to is New York. Part of me wants to be like, yeah, that's a hard pass, bro. It's my favorite player. Yes. That's your favorite player, not mine. But that's the thing, man. He could come to New York. He could come to the Knicks because he's already in New York. He could come to the Knicks and give us the legitimacy that we need. We could attract guys that will bring us to where we need to go, where we want to go. Yet, I'm still, I don't know, man. I just don't know. I don't know how I feel because since that man won his ring with LeBron, he's gone to Boston and left it in a worse shape than when he came in. And he went to Brooklyn. He did. He did. Boston was able to, to salvage to salvage it. But Boston was, you know what I mean? There's a reason that they was cursing this dude out in the playoffs. There's a reason why why there's such bad blood between Kyrie and Boston. We don't know the whole story. I know the first year that he was in Boston, they went they was looking like the best team in the East. Absolutely. He had that injury and Yep. He was out for the playoffs and the Celtics. Yep. I, I feel like they still made it to the conference finals, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then the year he came back, there was a whole lot going on that year. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. What I were committed to staying in Boston to, to start the year and then something that was going on that made him change his mind that he left and went to Brooklyn. But Let's not take it. Let's not completely wipe out that first year when they was looking like the best team in the East. What I recall is when he got injured, Boston had to figure out their team identity without him. And they did. And then when he came back, they couldn't make him a part of that, that team identity. So, but you're also leaving up Gordon Hayward. See, Gordon Hayward also came back too. It yeah. wasn't just Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was there the season before without Gordon Hayward, and they did perfectly fine. They was doing perfectly fine without Gordon Hayward. With Kyrie there, and then Kyrie and Hayward came back. They had to reintegrate both of them back into the system, and that's when everything deployed. 
But I ain't going to just throw Kyrie under the bus because I saw what he did the year before. I'm not going to completely ignore that. Just like we saw in Brooklyn when Kyrie and KD first came out, they was lighting the league up. And then James Harden got added to that and they was lighting the league up. Nobody could stop them. And then a whole bunch of stuff started happening with COVID. Yep. Like, let's not, let's not. Let's not let these last two years blind us to the superstar talent that this guy is. If he wants to to New York, don't look him off just because of no one, no one is ever going to deny the talent that Kyrie has, right? And when nobody's going to say, oh, if he's not on your team, your team's going to be better, right? Because it's not true. But the off-the-court stuff might make it true. And that's the that's the that's the problem, right? I don't remember Kyrie just before COVID, Kyrie was the healthiest player on the team out of the out of the big three. Right? Like it was it was always all right, Kevin Kevin Durant's out. All right, Harden's out. They're both out. All three of them out. Kyrie's back, right? It was it, it, that's what it was, right? Like Kyrie was the one that was usually holding the team on his back. He, he's he's good, man. He's not KD good, but he's really really good. And I would love to see him perform basketball and nothing else on this team, <laughs> right? Because this team would be better with him on it, especially when you have the. The defenders that we have on this team. And let's not overstate off-the-court issues because all the off-the-court issues that we bad. just had with Julius Randle did not come with all-NBA play like how it right. would come with Kyrie Irving. And if it did, off-the-court does not matter as long as on the court we handle in business. And I believe the best that the surrounding unit with New York is much better than the surrounding unit in Brooklyn. So you can't look at Brooklyn and say, this is what would happen to the Knicks because the Knicks are in a much better position to have a supporting cast for a superstar player like a Kyrie and a KD than Brooklyn did. I, I, All I know is if this would have happened to New York, the laughter would just, yeah, it would be nonstop. It's crazy. everything. Brooklyn's taking over New York. Remember that? Two things. If Brooklyn is interested in trading Kyrie to the Knicks, which they, they're never going to do that. What are you giving up for him? think they never. It seems like they're desperate. No, they're not doing it. don't seem like they have many offers for him. And <laughs> if we were to trade for Kyrie, I'm looking to just ship. Julius Randle, honestly. All right, Matt. Uh, honest, uh, the Nets are not taking that. Nets are not taking that. Right? Hey, you, I'm asking you what positive assets right now, right? When I'm asking you what we would give up, I'm we're, we're talking about picks. We're talking about RJ. We're talking about OB. We're talking about Emmanuel Quicknut, Grimes, Cam Reddish. Those are our positive assets. Well, I'm going to let you know now we ain't talking about RJ. We ain't talking about quickly. We ain't talking about oh, off rip. First mm-hmm. round picks have a blast. Take any of the ones that aren't Knicks picks. That's not gonna have done. a blast with those. Hold on, I'm not done. 
Mm-hmm. Take as many of those as you need. Not as many. I'm going I'm to set the limit to like three first round picks. Julius Randle. And like what five second round picks. I don't know. Pick swaps. Whatever you want to do. We that's you're gonna have cap space because of, of a trade like this. Because Julius Randle, I believe, is making what like ten million less than him. So what I just heard you, you say is wave a few players. What I just heard you say is you don't want Kyrie for real, for real. All right. I ain't trading nothing crazy. <laughs> I'm not a free agent. I ain't going to sacrifice the future for You ain't going to want for real, for real. You just kind of want him. Yeah, let's sign him if there's no risk. But if, if we can sign him, I'm with it. We got to trade the assets for him for a guy. Like, I don't know. It's it's, it's about availability as much as a, uh, about what you're doing. When you, who you giving up more assets for? DeJounte Murray or Kyrie Irving? Kyrie. All right. If you had to choose to say Kyrie or KD. Well, that's an easy answer. Yeah. If you, if you're, <laughs> yeah. If you had to choose between signing Jalen Brunson and trading assets for Kyrie Irving, which one are you doing? Trading assets for Kyrie Irving? Yes. Brunson. Okay. So, the reason I ask you this, this is going to be our last topic on the actual draft. Wait, before you switch, would you rather sign Kyrie Irving as a result of trading away? Never mind. Sign Kyrie Irving or trading away assets? I think what you're asking is if Kyrie were to opt out of this upcoming year, which he's not going to do, he's not giving up 36 or however much million he's, he's going to make to test it out in the open market because there's only three teams with cap room. He's not doing that to leave Brooklyn. Let's say pigs flew and that did happen and he opted out. Your question is, would I sign him or what? Do a sign and trade for Brunson. You have to give up assets. Well, that's the, I would I would sign Kyrie if that's the case. I, I think I think I don't think that I think the Knicks have already made their play. They're going to free up cap space. So, if they free up cap space. That means that when they do this signing trade, they're not really giving up anything. I think if they were to get, if they had not started freeing up cap space, then we might have had to give up Alec Burks. We might have had, and, and depending on when this trade happens, they may still. But if they completely clear the cap room, they're not giving up anything. They they they're not they might have to give up a second round pick or two, right? Maybe just a first, right? But they're not really giving up anything if they clear up the room because they don't need to do a signing trade at that point so the fact that they've already cleared off 16 mil at this point you know what i mean 
It's not, it's not a big deal, right? But if we're talking about like before the draft, before they had given up anything, which one would I have done? Which would, well, would I rather them clear up cap room for Kyrie or clear up cap room for Brunson? I would rather them clear up cap room for Kyrie and just, just use cap space because I think giving up cap space and then using your assets to do a different, a second trade is always more beneficial. You get what I'm saying? I said a lot, but yeah. I get Pipsy. Last question. So, so you you have a question? Yeah, last one. All right, all right. what you giving up? What you giving up for Brog? <laughs> well, I funny enough, I was just about to bring him up because I ain't giving up shit, <laughs> right? Speed. I like Brog. <laughs> I, yes, the idea of Brogdon throughout the season always was like, and we played against him and he was really good against us. He's a good player. Yeah. The problem is the man is always hurt. And we were this year, it's kind of like, dang, this dude barely played this season. Well, am I willing to give up that anything significant for that? No. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not willing to give up anything significant for that. So, and then you know, the more that I hear about, you know, his style of play and all of that stuff, if you're a healthy player, that's all well and good, right? And he could probably end up being a healthy player and contributing to his team. That's always that's always a possibility. But the majority of his career, he can't he can't play for a full season. And we can't, we can't, we need some stability at all of these positions. Like we can't be, we can't have another Kemba Walker, Derek Rose year like we had this past season. We we can't do that. We need guys that we can rely on. We need the Iron Men. We need guys who are playing as many games as R.J. Barrett, playing as many games as Obi Toppin, playing as many games as Julius Randle. So <laughs> coming into the draft, trading the number eleven pick for Brogdon was everybody's worst. Case the scenario. Knicks didn't do that. I we just went over Kyrie. We went over Dejounte Murray. We went over Brunson. Out of all those scenarios, we both agreed the best scenario is that the Knicks clear up room and sign Brunson. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Right. Our choice before that, we have two choices. Probably we have one choice before that, and one choice that's probably on par, right? The choice that's before that is for the Knicks to try their damnedest to go and get Jaden Ivey. They did that; they could not get him. And the other one is just to get rid of the vets and let IQ run the point. That was never a realistic option. I'm sorry to say. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be your starting point guard this year, or at least not to start the year. Let me just let me just make that clear. He's not gonna start point guard to begin the season. I think if he comes in and he shows out, I think by the end of the season, yeah, he'll start if we don't get Brunson. But I I don't think that you should. I don't think you should. Operate in the offseason, like, yeah, we're going to see what happens. No, go and get your guy. 
Go and get Jaden Ivey. All right. You can't get Jaden Ivey. Get your number two option. Get Jalen Brunson. You can't do that. Then you see if this guy can become a starting point guard in this league. So there's really no reason for Knicks fans to be bad. At all. So that's just kind of what I wanted to point out. Coming into the draft, we had what we absolutely did not want. We saw some additional, uh, some additional you know, options that we're not really fond of. And the best option out of all the options, we're going to try and get him. And, and, and we may not get him, but we may get somebody. We just won't know until this all happens. So I just kind of wanted to point those things out. So after the draft, the Knicks went through the pool of players who ended up not getting drafted. We signed Mississippi State forward Garrison Brooks. And overtime elite guard Gene Montero to exhibit 10 deals after going undrafted. So today I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet that has suddenly disappeared from my screen. But the tweet said Montero has a vertical of about 37 inches, which was 13th highest in the combine. And I said, oh, so my boy can jump, jump. <laughs> so then that's an athletic kid. That is a guy who initially was projected to go into the second round. If he had played in the overtime elite, if he had played better, he probably would have gone in the first round. He was highly touted before, you know, before the year started. And I, yes, I was right. 37 inch max vertical leap, which was 13th best. So, I, hey, I'm not mad at that. Uh, I heard the kids got some game. He's from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, he sounds like a great value. Jaden Ivey. So I'm not, uh, and that's probably a well, incomplete, inaccurate description yeah, of him. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare him to Jaden Ivey. I think he's, no, I, I, like, I wasn't comparing him either. I was just saying, like, <laughs> you want know, you know, a guy who takes it to the racket and can jump jump out the gym? Here's, here's me, Montero. Well, I don't. I don't think his game is really centered around that. He's he's more of a shooter than an athlete. He he doesn't really do any crazy dunks or anything like that. He's an undersized guard. He has six foot one, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's what that's without choose going undrafted. Yeah, like his size. He's he's really like quick, but he doesn't have that elite quick burst that small guards like a Trey Young. Isaiah, well, not even Isaiah Thompson, just but small guards would have that they can use to that advantage. I don't think he has that in the fact that he played, he's, he was playing in a league that is relatively new, overtime elite league is mostly just like YouTubers coming out. If you listen to the commentators, they sound like they're in their 20s. It's a, it's a relatively new league with talented players, but it's not really anything solidified like NCAA. So I think that's what had 
a lot to do with him going undrafted, but he's definitely a talented player. He's a really good shooter. His averages, if I'm off the top of my head, I'm, I I would say yeah, off the top of my head, points. I got it right here. I got it right here. He averaged he averaged seventeen point three points, eight point two rebounds, and five assists. Not really a great shooter. Not not really a great shooter with the overtime lead, even though I I do believe he was a better shooter before that. He shot thirty nine point eight percent from the field and twenty seven point five percent from the three point line. Now, but if you care, if you watch from his twelve game, games, twelve games, so you know, do that what you will. He can come in. We'll, we'll probably see him in summer league if he lights it up. We can expect him to be on the roster, right? I, I, he was expected to be a second rounder. He went undrafted. This could be a steal. He's being discussed. being called a steal for the Knicks for being signed to that Exhibit 10 deal for multiple reports. The other guy, Garrison Brooks, he's a forward from Mississippi State, as I said earlier. He had a better year. He's 22 years old right now. He had a better year the year before. He just averaged 10.4 points, 6.6 rebounds in 34 games for the Bulldogs while shooting 45.8% from the field and 34.2% from the three-point line. His best season was in 2019-2020 when he averaged 16.8 points, 8.5 rebounds, and two assists in 32 games while shooting 53.5% from the floor. He finished the year with 12, 12, 12 double-doubles. So he was named second-team All-ACC and the ACC's most improved player that year. And he was also heading into 2020-2021 season, the ACC preseason men's player of the year. So, I don't know too much about him. I haven't watched him in any games. French, have you looked at anything? I see he's not really a shot blocker or active defender. He got his tooth knocked out and he got right back in the game. So, I like that. He got toughness. Got a little grit. He got, like, he got some yeah, dog in him. Grit. He's gritty. <laughs> he's ready for New York. All right. That's all I really know. I don't really know too much about Gas Brooks. Well, yeah, that I think I, I, I think that the Knicks picked up two talented players that did not get drafted. And I'm looking forward to the summer league to see what they do. Because just because you didn't draft somebody at 11 doesn't mean you didn't pick somebody good up. So, right. and that's what everybody was complaining about, that the Knicks could have gotten a rotation player or starter at 11. They might have gotten that without even using a draft pick. So that's value. And they picked up first round picks for that 11. So, yeah, I, let's not let's not throw cast stones until we see what see what this team is looking like after summer league after free agency. All right, what else is going on, French? Or did you have more to say about else? Oh, they exhibit ten guys, so I don't want to get too much diving into them, and then they just get waved that we now. So we'll just keep <laughs> it at that. And if they light up summer league. I think it's going to be a battle for point guard with G Montero, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Kills. With Kills? I don't know why I'm about to say books. Trevor Kills uh, and uh, Miles McBride. Is it, uh, Quigley's going to be playing in some league too, right? 
He can, yes. And if he's not, Rokas could probably could probably be playing there too. And he's a another guard that we'd have to keep our eyes on. So there's a lot to keep an eye out on for keep an eye out for in summer league. So that's the only thing I was gonna add it. Elsewhere in the NBA though, since we last potted, the Golden State Warriors had moved on to the finals after beating the Dallas Mavericks in five. The Boston Celtics faced off against Miami in a game seven where they narrowly got the victory and then went on to lose to Golden State in the NBA Finals in six games. Steph Curry won his first Finals MVP. The Warriors won a fourth championship in eight years. The, I, I picked Boston at the beginning of the series just mostly due to pressure. My friends... A Jason Tatum fan, he going with Boston, and I'm like, I like Boston. Everybody hyping him up as the best defense in NBA history. So I'm like, I don't, Clay don't look the same. I'm thinking Golden State going to have a struggle against a team like that. And I counted Steph Curry out, and he showed exactly why he shouldn't ever do that. Got his first Finals MVP, put on the show, and Got his fourth NBA championship. What was your thoughts about the the, the way that the playoffs end? So, I thought for sure whoever was coming out of the East was taking the title. I did not see this Golden State Warrior resurgence because I thought that I I thought that Steph Clay and Draymond by themselves wasn't going to get it done. And then they got Jordan Poole to come out. They got Andrew Wiggins to show out. All of these guys from their rotation who, you know, I'm giving their props. They're all decent players, but not necessarily guys that you were expecting to just make major contributions in this finals run. So I thought it was going to be tough. Thought Boston, I, I thought Boston though. I thought Boston had enough grit to 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 take over. They've been through some of the most difficult matches, the most difficult series in in the playoffs, and they came out of it, you know, a little tougher each time. So I thought they were going to come up against Golden State. I thought they were going to take it in six or seven. They didn't. And by the end of the series, I wasn't really surprised. I did, I did have Boston taking that game six. I thought they were going to try to push Golden State to seven, but I'm not. I wasn't surprised to see what happened. And you know, you got to tip your cap to to, to Steph. You got to tip your cap to that entire Golden State team. First title in eight years. I believe Steph has more titles than LeBron right now. So, say. Same amount, yeah. So you got to put some respect on that man's name. So, so summer league begins July seventh. Knicks aren't going to play until the eighth, where they play Golden State on MSG, the defending champions, 
And uh, yeah, I, I, we're going to talk about that next week. Next week, we got we got a lot to talk about. We can talk about free agency, which begins June 30th. If anything happens, which something better happen. <laughs> something better happen. <laughs> like, because we need, we need, I'm not, not <laughs> I, I'm ready. I'm ready for something to happen, right? Something happens. We're going to discuss it next week. Summer League begins July 8th. 2022 and we'll also go over the Knicks summer league roster and what we're hoping to see hopefully that roster is fully unveiled by then if not we're we're going to make some speculation as to who's going to be on it we expect quickly to be there we expect Grimes to be there we expect Deuce to be there we expect Obi to be there along with Trevor Keels and our two signees Garrison Brooks and Jay Montero I'm ready oh how can I forget Jericho Sims? Jericho Sims is going to be there for sure. I'm ready to see what this summer league team does. Ready to see what happens. And uh, yeah, I'm ready. You got anything you want to plug, French? Oh, you No, I don't actually. I'm ready to sign off. So we'll let you outro. Appreciate y'all for coming out. Listening to the Knicks Take Podcast. All right, that's all you. Catch up on Stranger Things, y'all. That last season. <laughs> My gosh. Nah, bro. Best season, of the, best season out of the whole series. Best season out of the whole series. And we got, I believe, two more episodes on, coming on July 4th. The both of them are going to be at least an hour and a half long. I am so hyped, so excited. I'm ready to. I'm ready for this joint. Ready. I'm, I'm even gonna go to the Stranger Things experience in New York City, probably at the beginning of August. So yeah, to check out that that last season. Check it out. And best in my opinion, in my opinion, it's the best season that they've done so far. And then they leave you hanging for the the final two episodes. I think the last episode is supposed to be like close to three hours long. So. You got a whole, you got a whole movie. <laughs> you got a whole movie to end season four, and I think they're coming out with a season five. So, yeah, to make sure to catch up on Stranger Things. All right, y'all. Once again, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Make sure y'all hit that like, hit that subscribe. Make sure y'all, you know, leave comments for us. Make sure, you, however it is, however you feel, think we can improve a little bit. Let us know. Thank you for listening to podcast. That boy is good. Peace. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at the Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram. Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.